Hang on. Hang on. Halt. Welcome to This Might Be A Podcast, the song-by-song podcast about the greatest band of all time. They might be giants, 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 giants. I am your host, Greg Simpson, 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 and I'm here with a first-time guest, a fresh-faced youngster. It's Kathy Moore, and we're going to talk, yeah, and we're going to talk about the song... She Hell thinks yeah. she's Edith Head, uh, with or without parentheses, depending on what version you're talking about. So here we go. Let's do the Long Tall Weekend version. Back in high school, I knew a girl. Not too simple and not too kind. We both grew up, but I heard she changed from a new way fan to another kind. She thinks she's Edith Head, but you might know she's not. The accent in her That's that's the one, and there will be those long tall weekend heads that'll be like, that's the, that's the true version. The other one sucks. So it, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's what I believe. <laughs> yeah, well, okay, we'll get into that. Um, we'll uh, we could have a high school debate team style uh, face off between the two, uh, two Edith heads. Oh man, I only did one debate in middle school. <laughs> I was not school. on the debate team. I just like arguing about music for fun. I mean, I don't even know if there was a debate team in my high school. Really? How small the high school was it? There had to have been. Uh, I, it wasn't that small. I think I, I I wouldn't know. Probably like a thousand-ish students, I think. I mean, when I, when I did like Science yeah. Olympiad, <laughs> which is a waste of time, I just, I just, it's just an excuse to make kids do more unnecessary <laughs> studying and all learning I need... who needs this book learning unnecessary studying you don't like learning all, well you're all... still very young you don't you don't you know don't typically like uh, enjoy mean, learning until you're in your 30s so you'll I, get there i mean i like learning <laughs> it's just not the american school <laughs> system i mean i dropped out How of college i just Okay. Uh, 21. College dropout, just like Kanye West. 
<laughs> you, you got good company there. Just like John Linnell. He dropped out of college. Flans, Flan, oh, yeah, wow. Flans finished, but Linnell that. did not. He just decided to do... Uh, <laughs> I just played the keyboards. Yeah, maybe I... I guess, guess maybe I should have got done an art major, like yeah, like Flansburg. I just was just like I gotta, I gotta get a stable job mm-hmm. in computer science, and I just, uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. What was it that college wasn't a good fit for you, or you just, uh, I mean, if you did a different major, that it uh, might be. I I don't know. I just. I feel like during my senior year of high school, I just kind of stopped caring about school. And just like I also was just going into college mostly because my, you know, societal pressure and my parents were like, just get off my back, mom. God, I'm hitting 40 (laughs) this year. I can't. I mean, 21. Oh, just long side. <laughs> Being in college for me, I mean, I went to school for music, so like it was hard work, but I look back on it and I'm like, shit, I was able to like write a song for a class and for a student composition contest that had not one but two marimbas in it. Those things are like five grand. When am I going to ac- have access to two marimbas <laughs> again? Never. So, yeah. so you went to computer science, you said? And, uh, I mean, it was, was, so was it the subject matter you weren't gelling with the classes or just like the whole college vibe? I mean, just the whole, whole thing. I just wasn't prepared for like having to study on my own and like. So where'd you go to, where were you going to school? (sighs) Yeah. Uh, University of Akron. Akron, home of Devo. So you were not that far from Cleveland. Um, but you, you were living in a no. dorm. Yeah. It's, it's, it was kind of cool dorm because, uh, there was like an old Quaker <laughs> oats factory and then it got turned into a hotel and shopping center wow. called Quaker square. And then I guess the hotel and all the shopping stuff fell through. So, you know, the university of Akron converted wow. it into dormitories and you still occasionally find uh, some oats laying around. Rats come in and eat them. <laughs> uh, no, it's. I mean, you still have like stickers on like the mirrors and the walls that say Crown mm. Plaza Hotel, and. But I mean, it still feels like a dorm aside from you know there actually being a bathroom in each. Oh yeah. Each room, no. Oh, shared. that's sweet. Man, I hated the fucking shower sandals. Yeah. That's the worst. Uh, yeah, I mean, I have to do that. Uh, I mean, I, di- I mean, brought, you yeah. know, I work at Cedar Point, and they have dormitories up there, and yeah, the those bathrooms. <laughs> I mean, thankfully, I've been in like the the newer dorms up there, so those aren't too terrible. Yeah, I you but, know what? I've never actually been to Cedar Point. I've been past there a bunch going to different stuff in Cleveland or just going through. Uh, you know, I I mean, Six Flags Great America. That was I grew up in the Chicago suburbs. That was the Oh yeah, I've been the there a couple park. of times. Well, three that was times, the theme park actually. that I went to. Yeah, yeah oh yeah. Great park. American Eagle. 
uh, old wooden coaster, you know. Man, yeah. <clears throat> and then, uh, when they put uh, in Batman, that was a big deal when I was in elementary school. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was, I mean, I'm a big sort of coaster enthusiast. I'm very, that's my other big passion besides uh, music is roller Maybe, coasters. Maybe uh, you need to become and, an engineer uh, and learn how to, uh, how they build them. It sounds like a lot of fucking work, though. Maybe. <laughs> I, yeah, it's a very competitive field. I too, bet. There's only so many theme parks with big roller coasters. God. Yeah. It is so cool, though, when you, I mean, especially now with all the, well, I mean, you grew up in the YouTube age, but, like, when YouTube came around and all of a sudden, like, like oh, there's going to be a new roller coaster there? Oh, and there's, like a, a, like, a test drive. Like, on YouTube, you can, like... Ride the roller coaster. I need to. Yep. Oh my god, it's amazing. Uh, and and see how they build it and shit. Oh man, I'm on. Yeah, I'm on CedarPoint.com huh. right now. Yeah, we played oh, a yeah. show. We played this outdoor show. Outdoor Valor did like a couple summers ago. I guess it must have been more than that because we were still two piece. But uh, you could see the roller coasters from where we were at. Um, oh yeah. I mean, we were far away, but like you could see him. Uh, and oh, I was gonna s- blue streak. I mean, thrill uh, level. Yeah, the website has a thrill level. Yeah, it's kind of. Uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I do work the rides. Um, so I started in 2019. I was at uh. So some of the rides, like the smaller rides, they'll have group in them in groups. So first year I started at, it was this ride Pipe Scream along with Monster and Lake Erie Eagles. And, uh, you know, they're family rides. Pipe Scream, that one's kind of interesting because it's just this half pipe with like a hill in it. Oh, yeah. It's a big skateboard that spins around. I'm looking at it right now. Um, I like that these are in alphabetical order. That's pretty cool looking. And then, yeah, it's it's pretty fun. But, I mean, you know, you ideally want to get the furthest, at, closest to the edge. That gives the most yeah. sort of, I wouldn't say intense, but, you know, it's the Whip, most whips exciting. Whips you around more, yeah. And then Lake Erie Eagles. Uh, Lake Erie Eagles is like, it's this very old ride type that's only recently been resurrected. You... It just goes around in a circle, but you have a sail at the front of the car that you can uh, oh. move back and forth, and it controls the height of oh, the yeah. car. Oh, yeah. Oh, this looks it's, awesome. Yeah, so like the little face of the eagle, this girl yeah. is like pulling right. on it. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's among like sort of amusement park enthusiasts, though, like that particular model is not like people love the really old models because what you can do is if you you got a really good rhythm with the the fin, uh, you can cause the cables to go slack. <laughs> oh and, no! Um, creates a laugh, creates a loud <laughs> snapping noise. Everybody, so yeah, everybody's like, you gotta. Everybody's into snapping, and I mean, I've done it on one of these older models, and it is so fun. Like, so isn't it dangerous? Just the car vibrates. Uh, like rattle the screws I mean, out of the thing in the long yeah, term. Probably. I'm sure they yell at you when you get down, but yeah, they, yeah. I mean, I was lucky to have a ride operator at this park Knobles that had one of these older flyers. 
um, that they didn't yell at me because I've read like uh-huh. trip reports where people were like, the ride operator slowed down the ride and glared <laughs> at me. Because I snapped it. Ooh. And then, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. And then Monster, that's another old ride where it's just like sort of goes up and down oh, yeah. in a circle. It's and like then octo- car- octopi. It's a, I don't know how to explain it. Yeah. And then later that year, they transferred me over to Power Tower, which is the big shoot. You can either shoot up or shoot Power down. Tower. Um, that one's a pretty fun ride because the, the controls are incredibly simple. And the control booth, the main control booth is nah. air conditioned. It's a new enough ride. It's got you can chill there. Yeah, yeah, not a lot of. How does it feel to have people's lives in your hands? Not a lot of rides have that luxury. <laughs> uh, I could kill these people. I mean, because I'm a big. I mean, not really. I mean, all you really have is an is a, you know, a start button, the restraint uh-huh. switch, which of course all rides, most rides are programmed where. You cannot mess with the restraints when the ride is cycling. <laughs> you it's could, all computers. You could just drop automatic. them and lift, <laughs> lift the shoulder bars. <laughs> Send them all flying. <laughs> that would... God, you'd, I, be, you'd be fired, to say the least. Uh, and sent to jail. <laughs> yes. And, uh, and I mean, all you really have... There is one button you're not supposed to press <laughs> at Power Tower. Do not touch. Stop. But it's just because. What does it do? Yeah, every ride uh, has an emergency okay. stop, which basically, in like non-coaster rides, it cuts the power to the oh. entire ride, and you don't want to do that on Power Tower, especially if the ride is in the air, because. Uh, all the all the air pressure just comes out, and it takes like forever for the uh, ride to right come like back the hydraulic the system or whatever. And wow, yeah. uh huh. Well, it's okay. it's compressed. I'm currently riding uh, the power tower right now on YouTube. Yeah, that's a good view. Yeah, I think I can see where we played that show <laughs> across the lake. <laughs> you know, they're actually doing a. They're doing a bands in residency thing at Cedar Point where they actually allow independent bands to perform on their nice. on their stages. And I actually I mean I got to see some last year when I was on my break. And I just remember there was this one I mean, one of them I like overheard while I was working at Monster. Just and I was just like, wow, dreamy indie yeah. pop. This sounds great. Which I remember the name of the band. And then there was like another one where I was like, God, it was terrible, this one band. And it was just like, they were all dressed in like neon oh shirts. And they, they, it was just a bunch of like middle-aged white people trying to look cool. And I was like, this, this has got to be a Christian <laughs> thing. Uh, and, neon for Jesus. I'm right. I'm riding the Raptor right now. They, How's they the just, Raptor? Oh, Raptor, um, it's pretty great. It's I a know suspended a one, like Batman. It's six younger, younger enthusiasts are like, eh, there are better inverted coasters, you know, yeah. that particular type. Uh, but it's it's pretty fun. I mean, 
like the thing with Cedar Point is that they built so many record-breaking rides, so many like first of its kind stuff that you know, eventually other parks are going to build better sure. versions of that same. Improve upon the model, I, yeah, like the, the prototype that you made. What's one that uh, Professor Delbert's Frontier Fling? Look at that thing. That's a uh... oh. It's it's what they call a sky coaster, which isn't a roller coaster at all. But that's just the branding. They put you basically. They put you in like this harness, and um, they you know hook you up to a big steel cable, and they pull you all uh. the way. To, they pull you to the top of this thing, and then they're like, you got to pull this rip cord, and then you free fall, uh, and then you swing. Yeah, back there's and a forth. height requirement. This whole yeah, the page on that one looks different than the rest. It's apparently it's like the most surprisingly it's the safest ride out of anything there yeah. because like the company that makes the sky coasters is very I bet. strict um, <laughs> safety. You're letting people bungee jump on the premises yeah. essentially, <laughs> free falling down. Yeah. So yeah. what's what's one um, that broke a record? I guess uh, you. I mean, the first record, big record-breaking ride they have there is uh, Magnum XL 200, which was the first roller coaster over 200 feet. Um, 72 miles an hour. And Man. Yeah, it's kind of, I mean, I've ridden it enough, but, that, but like to some people it's painful because... <laughs> The airtime is strong, and the restraints are not molded for, like, your thighs. It's just a circular bar. Oh, jeez. And you're going to get violently <laughs> thrown into it. Man. Um, but, I mean, it's really only at the end that the airtime is just that strong. And then you got... Well, I mean, Raptor was, like, the tallest inverted ah. coaster. Yeah, it can't go as tall and as those. Rougarou, that... That was originally a stand-up coaster called Mantis, but 2015 they put floorless trains on it. Um, that was the tallest stand-up coaster at the yeah, time. Yeah, those stand-up coasters um, at Six Flags. It was Iron Wolf was the stand-up one, and uh, it was not yeah, that great. I remember at first I was like, "Whoa, this is so different and weird," but then you realize that just like you yeah, lose aerodynamic, coasters. you know, you, you're just your bodies are just pressing against the wind so you slow you're slower yeah they're all, it's all right uh i guess i don't i don't yes i've been on one the one at magic mountain mm -hmm. six flags magic mountain uh <laughs> riddler's revenge it's it's mm -hmm. okay i mean a lot of people complain about the g-force kind of going to to your legs but and I mean I kind of felt that, but I didn't think it was yeah. that big of an issue. But yeah, it's just like st stand up roller coasters. It's not a very, it's not that yeah. interest. I mean, I'd rather have just, my legs dangling than have to stand with this awkward. thing up my crotch. Yeah, with a bicycle seat just jammed and yeah. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. The yeah, it's like seat. it's standing. So why is there this uh, like banana bicycle seat? It's making me very uncomfortable. I, yeah, I don't know. I guess I would have to talk to whoever designed. Yeah, the talk to Mister Iron Wolf, I, Iron Q Wolf. Well, the third. 
<laughs> I, ju- I, I just rode Magnum. I mean, it looks pretty well, sweet. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. And then, then they built Millennium Force, which was the first 300 foot roller coaster. Um, that one, that one, especially among like younger roller coaster enthusiasts, they're like, oh, that's so, it's so overrated uh-huh. because. A lot of other 300-foot roller coasters. I don't know. Cedar Point, funnily enough, they were like, we built a 200-foot roller coaster. All 200-foot roller coasters are hyper coasters. And then they they build they build uh, they build Millennium Force, and they go all 300-foot tall roller coasters are giga coasters. <laughs> it's just like. We built the roller coaster. We get hell to yeah. Why not? I'm riding that one right now. This thing, man, the picture of this fucking gigantic. Oh, yeah. oh my it, god. It is. It's. I mean, it's really fun. It's just like some of the other 300 foot tall roller coasters have. They do a bit more with the layout. It's just like Millennium Force. I mean, it's still a fun, fast ride, but. It's kind of drawn okay. out in comparison to like Intimidator 305 over at King's Dominion. That's another uh-huh. Cedar Fair park. Um, and then the last big record-breaking coaster they built was Top Thrill Dragster, 400-foot roller coaster. Christ. Cedar Point called it a Strata coaster. coaster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's just like. They just came up with whatever. There's no consistency. It's just whatever yeah, word sounds yeah. great, I guess. Oh, wow. These slides at Point, Point um, Plummet, they're so colorful. I like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All the water so, slides are pretty. Sh- but, yeah, Top Throw Drags. Oh, I was just wondering if we should actually talk about the MIP um, Giants all- a, uh, pretty soon. <laughs> uh, I mean, I guess I'll just leave it at I'm going to be working – I'm going to be working at Skyhawk this year, which is like playground swing set, but a hundred nice. feet tall. So what's the capacity at there it's, this, this season? What are they doing? Um, I don't, I, I don't know. I haven't kept up to date with Ohio's COVID. I mean, you guys got a Republican governor, so um, it's probably getting pretty lax. Yeah. Um, I mean, doesn't, just from like the training materials they've sent us, it doesn't seem like they're gonna be relaxing some of the restrictions they okay, put on good. us last year. I mean, I really, although I mean, I read that they don't have to. You don't have to sanitize every thirty minutes. You don't have to sanitize thirty. Like that's overkill. Yeah, but they. Uh, I mean, they have wrong. found out more like. Just in the context right. of like, because I mean, I worked Skyhawk last year, but like. That took forever to wipe oh. down, and like, yeah. I mean, it's like 20, 40 seats. Mm. Yeah, I guess they found out over the course of this thing that uh, the virus doesn't stick around on surfaces as much as they had feared. Thank God. Um, so yeah, yeah, that helps. Yeah, but uh, yeah, they so might be giants. how did uh, yeah? So you're twenty one, and I've been talking to a lot of. Uh, younger fans lately, which is awesome because when I started the podcast, it was all 30, oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, people great. between 30 and 45, um, like all the people I know in real life. But how did you get into They Might Be Giants? Yep. Uh, uh, 
Uh, it's complicated because much like my gender dysphoria, it's always been there, but it all just kind of came to okay. me at once. <laughs> I, sl no, slowly okay. then all at once. That's the phrase <laughs> I wanted to use. So like, I don't really know the first time I've been aware of They Might Be Giants because I feel like they've been there all the time. I mean, I was aware of Boss. I was aware of, you know, Malcolm in the Middle. I didn't really realize that was... Right. Boss of Me was them until, like, last, last year, maybe. Year. <laughs> and I remember once um, my eighth grade history teacher who really cool guy he had a he had a rock band with all the other history <laughs> teachers in the school district what was the band called and <laughs> i don't remember oh i wish I. it did. has to have been it's... some horrible pun because it sounds like god it would have to be oh well no it was one other history t teacher a science teacher and maybe <clears throat> okay, another science teachers, teacher least, I don't yeah know. Oh god. It's yeah, called like Doctor Doctor uh, yeah. Rocks Rock the Gun. No wait, no wait, it was three history teachers. It wasn't my eighth grade history teacher. It was my tenth grade who played uh Istanbul, not Constantinople Solid. in class. Mm -hmm. Um shout out to Mr. Hughes and What's Mr. Catullo. <laughs> um Yep. They got good taste. So, but your parents, so, your parents yeah, were not the Mighty Giants fans. And, uh, they weren't. Well, my my dad, I think he heard he bought Lincoln. I have oh, his nice. old CD of Lincoln, and his favorite song is okay. Anning. See, see, that's interesting. I think if he only really owned one album and it wasn't Flood, that's that's I, I like that. That's interesting to me because that's usually not how it goes. Yeah. He he does he didn't really know about Yeah, he doesn't really know the songs on Flood aside from Miss Danville. Yeah. Um and then So like anybody on the podcast brought up Lenny Oh yeah. Lehman? Uh just put out absolutely Bill's mood with um Yeah, with um Yeah, with um Owen Blaufus likes Lemon Demon and uh, someone yeah. else um mm. Dana Williamson, I think has mentioned them, yeah, a couple of times, and I've I've only heard the They Might Be Giants covers but, yeah. that Lemon Demon has done. I don't think I've heard any originals. Well, right, but yeah, I I knew about Birdhouse in Your Soul, and I think I listened to that cover, and I was like, this is a this is not a good song. <laughs> that cover's and a little weird. Yeah, some point, some point, I ended up listening to you know the They Might Be Giants original. I was like. Oh my God! This is one of the greatest pop songs ever written. <laughs> I, You're not wrong. I just it was like, this is significantly better than that yeah. lemon. <laughs> I mean, like Neil Neil Cicerigo was like fourteen, fifteen, so like, of course it's a little. I mean, I I, I like it in theory. It's just, in theory, you know, communism works. Uh, I, <laughs> I think I need to, what? Okay. So Lemon Demon, uh, the guy was super young when he started. How, how long has the band been going? Uh, he started making, well, I mean, it's okay, just sure. Neil really, um, 2003. And that's when the cover okay. was recorded. Yeah. Cause it's real um, raw. And I, I mean, I liked it. I remember I played it on the, 
we had a special birdhouse episode that was just all about covers because there's so many. Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't get around to listening to that. Well, like one. it was a live episode, so we don't do covers sections on the live episodes because it just doesn't work. So we did a, yep. a special episode. Yeah. Yeah, I remember listening to the birdhouse episode and I was like, it was so weird when some of your guests were like, I never watched the music video. Yeah. I was like, well, huh? Again. That the music again, video. You, you grow, you, you grew up where YouTube, you know, you haven't known a world where YouTube didn't exist. Yeah, totally. And it's just readily available. Whereas back in my day, well, I didn't have cable growing up. I didn't have cable growing up. So I got into They Might Be Giants around Apollo 18. I say this on every episode. But so then I got Flood, but I did not see that music video until I, I think until I bought Gigantic on DVD in 2001 and it had birdhouse oh. on there okay so hey i still saw it before you but i didn't see it till like 11 you were still in diapers <clears throat> i didn't see it till 11 years after it came yeah. out because i did not have mtv i mean i guess there was a chance that yeah. like going over to a friend's house after school or a sleepover or whatever and we're watching Beavis and Butthead, I don't think, you know, how cool would that be if, if uh, they're resurrecting Beavis and Butthead and uh, some new They Might Be Giants video comes up on it? That would be pretty sweet. Mike, Mike Judge seems like he could be yeah. a fan. Uh, but, I mean, there's a chance that I saw one of those, <clears throat> you know, that snail shell or something could have gone by on MTV and, uh-huh. you know, but I don't remember. I mean, I'm from that Tiny Toons generation of fans, and Ugh. that was where, you know, those videos yep. I saw when they were new. I'm sure I saw that episode the day it premiered uh, and then didn't know who mm. it was until three years later. Um, but I don't think I saw Birdhouse until it was an extra on that gigantic DVD. Uh, yeah. Hey. Where where would I have seen it? I mean, uh, you I know. Back oh, to- I did see it before that. I bought the VHS Direct from Brooklyn video compilation, and I got Brooklyn, that yeah. in because I have I have it on VHS. I'm pretty sure I get when did that get released? Ninety seven. I'm pretty sure I got it around then. So, but it was still like seven or eight years after the video. The video was seven or eight years okay. old before I saw it. Yes, because I still have that VHS, and I know Seymour wants to steal it from me because uh, he. <laughs> I don't know. It's something about old media, um, you know. And I'm like, no, it has nostalgic. Value, even though it doesn't have the commentary tracks on the videos. Yeah. God. But, yeah, back to... Yeah, and so, like, I have ended up listening to the re- to more of Flood, and I was like, okay, this is, this is too weird. I, I don't know. I mean, I grew to, like, you know, Twisting, Dead. I don't think I really listened past, like, Whistling okay. in the Dark. <laughs> All right. Or any. I think just like minimum like minimum wage and like your racist friend I was like I just my teenage brain I could handle lemon demon I just could not I just could not handle minimum wage you know random <laughs> I was just like what weird synth yeah, noises sure. And also with your racist friend there's the bridge where you have this absolutely killer guitar solo and then yeah trumpet. what do you got against horns i mean i mean i love horns i played trumpet nice. in high school band i just i just wasn't expecting that i just 
didn't have it in my heart to enjoy the juxtaposition. Well, but of then those there's accordion. Songs. I mean, there are very. I could I count on one hand know. rock bands having accordion. I can't. I can't justify my irrational yeah. teenage uh, thought processes. So Particle I mean, Man didn't throw you with the accordion and saxophone. I mean, I yeah. was familiar with it. I was, I mean, I was familiar with it because uh, someone made a fan animation. You know, you know about bronies. I don't understand it. Sure. (laughs) Yeah, I was, I I was a brony (laughs) back in the day. I mean, I, I, I was mostly just interested in the weird fandom because, like, the show itself, it's okay. (laughs) It's not that special. Like, yeah. They occasionally make an adult uh, joke okay. here and there so that the parents watching it don't get irritated. Yeah. But, like, it's just a children's No, show. I understand. I'll tell you. The drummer in my I band mean, is also in another band called The Shakeups, who are really, really good. And they started out as just, like, a power pop band. But it, it kind of like where They Might Be Giants went to kids' albums and said you know, we're still going to do adult albums. And now, you know, we're kind of not doing kids' albums. They uh, got hired at a couple conventions and actually started making money and now they only do stuff that's like theme songs or they write originals but they're about Steven Universe or something else and they have a whole album about My Little Pony and they're a rock band it's yeah three yeah it's a husband and wife that that kind of write the most of the stuff but yeah, it's two two uh, two gals and uh, three dudes, and our drummer. He's like, I thought eventually we would get back to adult songs. And I'm like, well, you joined you joined my band, so you're good there, <laughs> you know. So yeah, I don't understand bronies. It's like I mean, it's, uh, not a bad market to be in. I mean, the brony community made some. They were making good songs. they were making coin. I mean, they're still making coin. But even even the singer and the wife, uh, we're we're about to play an outdoor show, our first show in like you know fifteen months or something, uh, in May. And uh, <clears throat> the so this their other band is this like shoegaze dream pop band because even they were like, yeah, oh, it, do you know do you not know what shoegaze is? Okay. No, so, I know what okay, shoegaze. Okay, so is. it's like completely different from the shakeups because I think even they're like. Shakeups is a kids band now or what or for adults that like kids stuff toys whatever okay i mean our drummer collects you know he-man figurines and and skeletor you know they call him stevator because he likes skeletor so much but even he's like i'm drumming to kids songs exclusively now what the fuck <laughs> so but now he's got outdoor velour but yeah, bro, the Bronies thing is uh, like i'm not gonna judge anyone for what they like i mean i like a lot of dumb stuff but that is like that's yeah. I don't I, you know I don't get it. I I work with kids. I work with kids. Yeah. I don't want to watch ki- kids shows when I come home. I don't know. Uh, yeah, but yeah, it was just somebody. So there's just a Brony fan animation with to set the particle. Oh man, shit! Representing because I see particle mare and I see particle horse. Yeah. It's particle yeah. mare. That's the one. That has Viva Reverie. Quite a few views. Uh, so so <laughs> this yeah. let's see what I'm, oh my goodness yeah i don't what 
the fuck is going on here? Um, <laughs> Why is the sound all fucked up? It's a video. <laughs> uh, maybe like I think some with some older YouTube videos, YouTube is like the odd is like. It sounds all like it's of, underwater. I, I don't know. I guess they just. <laughs> Oh, that's the, the animation I mean, though. It's, particle, particle. They spend a lot of time on this. Yeah. Yeah, Viva's yeah. a good animator. Um, so, is this what got you into so, Particle Man, or made you hate Particle Man? <laughs> uh, it okay. got me into right. Particle Man, but I mean, now I now I can't really listen to Particle Man. I've I've just worn out any love it's, I have. You know, I'm stuff. conflicted about it because I. Yeah, I th- I think even my best of They Might Be Giants playlist on Spotify, I think I deleted Particle Man off of it. Um, however, however, <laughs> yeah. I will perform it with my first graders uh, for their program. I mean, yeah, it's a good yeah, song. If, um, I should tweet out a link um, to my other They Might Be Giants program because I did it once at each school. But I will do it with them every year because they love it. They love the Tiny Toons video. Uh, I give them kazoos and they do the solo on kazoos. It's just, it's so much fun. It's just, <laughs> it was the perfect song for them to put on Tiny Tunes because it feels like it's a yeah. kid's song. But, you know, I haven't done the episode on it yet. This one, it, it'll probably be a live episode once we can do those again. Uh, you know, there's a lot in yeah. there that you can try to interpret that's not kid Friend, you know, I had to like ask my uh, kids. I'm like, you know, is he depressed or is he a mess? And like, do we know what depressed means? They're like, it means sad. I'm like, yeah, we'll just leave it at we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I think I remember yeah. you bringing that up on a podcast. Oh yeah, I can't much. remember what I've talked about. This is um, the 137th one, not counting Patreon episodes. Uh, yeah, that is true. I don't know what it's like to run it's, a podcast. Well, like I've I've had one for years. Um, I've been I've had many podcast where i've been on with co-hosts but not like different guests because the problem is like if i'm talking to someone i can't assume that they've heard every episode so oftentimes i'll bring up something again just because just so the person i'm talking to knows what i'm talking about and then you're like yeah i've heard it okay um yeah i guess back on track i don't so like you know i was work when i was working Mm -hmm. at cedar point sort of towards the end of the season uh cedar point goes to weekend only operation and i you know when the weekend's over i usually you know drive back home do the do the hour and a half drive back to mayfield and the and like i guess i was like i guess i'll just start listening to just some full albums while i'm driving driving back to back home and for some reason, I was like, you know what? I'm going to put on uh, Lincoln. I'm going to put on They Might Be Giants Lincoln. I like Anna Ng. Lincoln, solid album. Second best They Might Be Giants album after Apollo 18. <laughs> yeah, it is. And, like, I just remember, like, listening to... I don't know. It's just, like, I was totally sold on They Might Be Giants as the greatest band of all time although i'm i'm tempted to say that i that i would consider radio hat head a greater band hmm. even though 
I have Kyla. Uh, it's kind just, of uh, an obvious sh- basic yeah. answer. I don't know. The Beatles like, are pretty good. <laughs> I don't know. Just like, I mean, Radiohead has a lot of personal. Sure. Sort of. But like, I was convinced of they might be giants. I think it was like, I think it was like when I heard, uh, I was like, I heard Santa's beard and I was like, oh, that's great. And then, like, when I heard They Might Be a Crane, I was like, this is the most soul-crushing, depressing song I've ever heard. I didn't realize they were oh, capable God. of Yeah, They'll Need a Crane I is sh- like, yeah, that live episode was a fun one to do. I wasn't sure if I should do it or not because I was like, well, it's like a really big hit for fans. I mean, it, sure, I kept play- it got playing MTV at the time, but, like, is that one of their hits? And it was clear that when we did it, that it deserved a live episode because, yeah, it's like that the other, like the nightmare people parts and the I don't love you anymore, yeah, like right, just, just flat out. Like I usually mean, Linnell kind of masks that kind of stuff, but it's just right there. <laughs> and then. Yeah, Lincoln. Whew. I mean, and then of course, yeah, it's great. I mean,. I think my drive ended right around "Kiss Me, Son of God," and I was like, "Oh yeah, that's great." He talks; he is talking about the blood of the working <laughs> class. Just like this is what I. So yeah, I've. I just you know went, have been going through their catalog for the past like six months, and on the way I realized, oh yeah, I'm a woman. This is how I want to live hmm. the rest of my life. And, um, and I've been annoying all of my roller coaster friends about it. That's part of the reason I, uh, I donated to this Patreon. I was just like, I need to talk to someone about They Might Be Giants. (laughs) I mean, now, I mean, now I'm in the Needle Juice Records Discord server. Needle Juice is the independent record label that presses uh, they press the okay. Lemon Demon and a lot of other mm-hmm. nerdy rock bands, and so so you know occasionally there'll be a TMBG related conversation because sure. yeah. of the overlap. Uh, it's funny, like the 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 one of the label's founders. I remember we got into a TMVG conversation, and I remember he was just like, "Flood is a waste of a studio budget." <laughs> Why? Because like, his drum machine, a lot of the, uh, most of his drum machine, or what? Yeah, because I mean, and they only had like Clive and Allen producing on like four tracks. Just still doesn't doesn't sound too far divorced from Lincoln, or they might be giants. It's like, I guess, but like. That's such a weird thing to say because, I mean, I'm pretty sure it was also a priority for they might. I think just John and John were not really interested in the full band Mm -hmm. thing yet. They, I don't know, very interesting take. But, oh, yeah, it came up because he was like, I made a Lemon D, I mean, I made a They Might Be Giants playlist for, like, Lemon Demon Tally Hall fans who'd, like, don't quite get they might be giants and someone is like why is it all newer uh, material and it's just like he just likes the their later yeah i mean albums. it's it's cool that a band 
yeah, it's been around so long that, well, well, if you take a band like, I don't know, the Rolling Stones, who have been around fucking forever, right? Yeah. Any fan of that band, like, there might be some people who would still be like, yeah, oh, their 90s albums are pretty good. Yeah, Voodoo Lounge, that's a good album. But, but even those people would be would agree everyone would agree that their best output is in the 60s and 70s like no one would deny that where like they might be giants <laughs> yeah. there'll be some people who are staunchly like duo era but there will be other people that are like i mostly listen to the stuff from the 2000s you know and and neither one is yeah. wrong it's Saul good man Saul goodman yeah it, it really is i I know on this podcast you brought up that like the first album by They Might Be Giants you listen to is your favorite. And I mean, I really like mm-hmm. Lincoln, but I don't know. I mean, I guess like my favorite album is either like Apollo 18 or Nanobots. Mm, there's some overlap. That's that's interesting. Do you like super short songs? <laughs> uh Here's the thing. I I it's funny cuz you know this is a punknews.org podcast, but I would consider myself a bit more of a, prog- a progressive rock guy. I like my songs long <laughs> and melodic okay. and overindulgent. Okay. I love <laughs> But I, they might be giants. They they know how to make a great yeah. short song. Yeah, it's not that, you know, I'm sure if you dug through their catalog, you could find, you know, think of some elements that are <clears throat> prog influenced or proggy or whatever, but it's not the length of songs. They've never gone past four and a half minutes, I don't believe. Um, yeah. Yeah. A couple of those on Factory Sherm cracked four minutes, but they've never cracked five. And, and I'm not yeah. counting like a live version yeah. with an extended blah, blah, blah. I mean, like studio tracks, you know? Yeah. They, yeah. they keep it pretty, pretty succinct. Um but it is pretty. It is pretty um, prog to do like a uh, a Who esque rock opera type, like fingertips or all the nano songs on Nanobots or whatever. Like they're short songs, but they flow together yeah. like some sort of overindulgent seventies, you know, rock band <laughs> doing a concept album. <laughs> I guess. So you like They Might Be Giants and you like prog rock, and that's what I like about uh, They Might Be Giants is like you can't guess what. The, what else you know a fan of they might be giants might like and that's you know um like lemon demon comes up a lot and then there's there's the usuals you uh-huh. know weird al bare naked ladies you know cake ben folds like these kind of you know at least for the older generation those are the overlap for the newer generations lemon demon comes up a lot yeah. i'm not sure who else i would say there uh-huh. uh a lot of mountain goats fans uh like they might be giants but oh, yeah. i feel oh, like yeah. i need to get this lemon demon dude, his name's Neil. I feel like why, how have I not reached out to him yet? It seems like seems like it seems like he would be a not necessarily an easy get, not necessarily an uh, easy yeah. get, but it seems like he'd be someone that uh, might be into coming on the show. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Puppeteer. Um. I'm just at the Wikipedia page. He does, the, he does puppets. <laughs> oh yeah, he's he's responsible for oh Potter God. Puppet Pals. Huh. Wow, that's like the thing with Neil Cicerega is that he's done a lot of things that have, are integral to like 
internet yeah. culture and it's guaranteed that a lot of people will just be like he did that it's like they might be giants you know it's like wait they did the daily show theme yeah. the john stewart daily show theme it just yeah. keeps coming up it's interesting being a ba- being like that kind of cultural figure is just you're and, there and i think since you said cultural figure that seems like a pretty good segue into the <laughs> song. Yeah. So why did you pick She Thinks She's Edith Head? Or why did you pick parentheses She Thinks She's and parentheses Edith Head? <laughs> uh, it's... I was going to pick Dallas, the venue song, because again, progressive rock, it's based right. off of Yes, who is a, a I really like that, sure. but I listened to like one of the Mink Car song episodes, and or like one of them, <laughs> and I was just like, God, God, I disagree <laughs> greatly about Mink Car. You're a Mink Car <laughs> hater. Yes, it's okay, complicated. Okay. I mean, I'm also kind of a long, tall so, oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, this should be interesting. So did you, so you picked it's, it uh, kind of because it's got two, it's got two distinct albums. It's been versions. on two albums. Like these are both things that they might be giants themselves consider proper albums. It's been on two albums as well yeah. as older. And uh, let's see what else got repeated there. I mean, there's a the long, tall weekend is a weird album. Just it's. You know, Token Back yeah. to Brooklyn, technically I mean, it was on Factory, so like, Factory Showroom first. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's weird. Like, I got the the spine on uh, – I'm going to turn on my camera. I got the spine from uh, They Might Be Giants Bandcamp. I guess they just have a surplus of spine yeah. CDs. And, like, if you yeah, look oh, at the I've booklet – Yeah, what's um, – I don't know. Yeah, the booklet – it list like long tall weekend as rarities as like a rarities comp, yeah which it kind of yeah. is and that's kind of something i wanted to bring up because like i listened to the episode about reprehensible mm-hmm. earlier and you know that the guest Chris. on that episode was like it's such an important album because it was like internet it marked the first like internet distribution and the changing of lineups and i'm like it you can tell that like <laughs> you know the johns were like yeah, we want to get into this web distribution mm-hmm. stuff, but we don't want to, you know, just in case this all like caves in, we're not going to put <laughs> a whole great yeah. studio album out there. We're just going to we're going to take some stuff from Factory Showroom, record a few new things, just put that on and then record music, the good ones uh, again for a better album. <laughs> yeah, just I mean yeah, that's just. I mean, it's not like I dislike any of the songs. It's just like, first half is starts yeah. out pretty great because you got she thinks she's Edith Head. I even Maybe like drinking. I know didn't really like. It I even like drinking. I've started using it as my credits, my credits yeah, music, like my the plug section. Because I had been, I was trying to drinking find you know instrumental great. songs. I'm like drinking. You know, it's a cool little riff. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Token Back to Brooklyn um, is weird. Uh, older is a classic. Yeah, that's all right. And then older, and then oh, Rat Patrol. Oh, that's yeah. a great song. 
Come on, Raptron! Um, but it's just like after older, and older I kind of have mixed feelings on. It's like all kind of You don't like reprehensible? I'm... I like reprehensible when I'm listening <laughs> to it, but then it you know it's my one brain. of those that like that one. You know, Particle Man got deleted from the playlist, but reprehensible got added to the playlist after I did that episode because it's like I just kept ignoring Long Tall Weekend. Not not I mean for the podcast, I was uh, wasn't trying to ignore it, but like I think a lot of people would agree with you that like yeah, it's like well, what if this whole internet thing shits the bed? Uh, you know, we don't want to waste some good songs on there, but reprehensible, like, and I talk about it on that episode a lot about how the Mellotron thing is cool and Flansburg doesn't croon as much as he yeah. used to. And it's just a cool little, it's a very unique yeah. track for a band that's full of, you know, unique, weird tracks. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, like certain I like people I can name the one track from that. Yes. I like certain people. I can, that is. I mean, I st- still feel like that kind of suffers from being kind of forgettable, <laughs> but I mean, I still listen to mm-hmm. it from time to time. And I mean, I like On Earth My Nina, but like, <laughs> that's just a weird throwaway. Oh, God, wait till you hear that and episode. Then, well, I paired it with Thunderbird. That thing is going to be a beast. Yeah. That episode is going to be a bitch to edit. <sighs> Holy cow. <clears throat> and then. Yeah, Edison Museum, weird closer. <laughs> I mean, I like that song. I mean, who else but They Might Be Giants would bookend an album with one, an instrumental track, and then the last one, a guest vocal. Who does that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just just kind of just kind of adds to the sort of weird, forgettable rarities yeah. feel of Long Tall Weekend. I mean, it's an album where when I'm listening to it, I'm like, this is pleasant. <laughs> this and is then pleasant. I forget. But yeah. And then with Mink Car, Mink Car is complicated because similar deal where like when I'm listening to it, I'm like, this isn't that bad. But then it just it just sticks in my brain and all the all the obnoxious things about it. just There are stick no obnoxious out, things like, on Mink Car. God, I... <laughs> Mink Car is perfect in its flaws. It's one of those albums that's just like, it's like, and I say it over and over again. It's if people like the pink album, there's no way they can dislike Mink Car because it is so eclectic that like, I mean, you're not going to be like, hey, dude, put on Toddler Highway. It's like the same kind of thing where like, I love Toddler Highway in the mix of the pink album stuff. It's not one of their greatest songs, but like, it's the same thing. Like how like. You know, putting like a kind of loungy cover of Yeah, Yeah on there is like, you know, yeah, it's like, I say, yeah, yeah, that's what I say. It's like a Goulet should be singing it uh, in some CD club. But like, it's one of those where it's like, I'm not going to throw that on a playlist, but like within the string of just like crazy, crazy genre experiments, it's just like, it's, it's perfect in its flaws. I, don't, I, don't, I think it's the wrong kind of genre experimentation. I think some of it, <laughs> some of my, so, some of my interpretation of it is cla- there's that Spin Magazine uh-huh. interview that they did around the time of Glean where they talked about every album. Right. And for like Mink Car, they were like, you know, we signed with Restless and they were like, 
we want you to make a pop album. And that's kind of the, <laughs> the sort of, this has to be a hit sort of, that's always the way I've what? viewed Mink that, Car. That, okay. If Restless said make a pop album, Mink Car comes across as fuck you. Cause it's like, I mean, Mr. Excitement, <laughs> I, uh, a, I, a slower version of another first kiss. I've got uh, hovering sombrero. I've got a fang. These are not pop songs. I mean, it's a- older. <laughs> I mean, I would dare dare I say it's like I feel like another first kiss is a bit more marketable for two thousand one radio. Yeah, I guess so. But if first. if they were gonna make, well, they are they did make a pop album pretty soon after that. That's the spine. The spine is their blandest, pop rockiest album, and it's still chock full of hits. Ah. But it's boring compared to Mink yeah. Car. Where's the man? It's so loud in here. Where's the wicked little critter? Where's the guess, where's the hovering sombrero? There's it's just you got stock of wheat and everything else is just uh, a power pop song, which you know they're I, good at power pop songs. I guess I can agree about like the spine being a little boring, even though I I like that album. I mean, I remember when I first listened to it. I when I was first listening to it, I was like, this is a great album. And then like, I listened to the else. Oh, I was man. like, Oh, the else. Yeah. See, that's, you know, they took um, that detour into the spine. And I think, yeah. I think it was, you know, <clears throat> and I've been trying to dig myself out of this hole with people who love the spine. Cause they, they're like, why do you hate the spine? I mean, people were making memes about me, which was a cool new experience. Um, yeah. <laughs> <Wow>. Right. <laughs> There's the one from, uh, what was it? I think it was a Robin hood men in tights where like the King is strolling around and, and I think on the different people that the king is going by had album names. And he's like blessing all these people. He's like, yes, hello, hello, good day to you. And then the guy that has the spine on his forehead, he walks by and he's like, God, I hate that guy. <laughs> and the king was labeled like like Greg was okay, on his forehead. I, I I'm like, I've been mean. The... But I love the spine, but it's one of those where like it's better – I almost like the spine more if you took every single track and put it uh, within a giant, they might be giants playlist. Cause there's no song on the spine that I dislike. I'm not crazy about memory to human resources. And I made that note on the episode, I, but I like every song on there. Uh, I just think right in a row, it gets uh, very samey. If there were, th- if there, if there were three more so, songs yeah. that were as wild as stock of wheat, I'd be all about the spine, but it's like here, here's finally, here's yeah, finally I a guess. weird song. Here's here's some tuba. Here's stuff that you expect from They Might Be Giants, but we only give you one track. All right. I just uh, let's see. I pulled up that uh, article. Let's see. What's the? Yeah. What do they say about? Well, okay. what do they say it's about Long Tall like, Weekend? So, Long Tall Weekend. Let's see. Long Tall Weekend was one of the very first downloadable albums. Did you have any idea at the time what the internet's impact on music was going to be? And then Flansburg says. There was so much dot-com mania. Real audio was the thing that was happening. The MP3 was still in its earliest stages. There was liquid audio, there was real audio, and all these other formats, and they all sounded better than MP3s. I was very surprised that MP3 became the package, but, you know, in the grand tradition of the 8-track and the cassette, it it was like fidelity Mm. meant nothing. Mm. Convenience meant everything. But it was something we were just free to do. It was kind of a rarities record, but it made a big splash just because of the format of it, which was a preamble for us knowing that just putting something out in a different way can garner so much more attention than what the mm. music's doing. That's interesting. Wow. Yeah, and then um, Mink Car? So Mink Car is 
Flansburg says, what, what is funny about Mink Car, we were signed to Restless who distributed our first couple of albums. We knew everybody there. We had very good relationships with those guys and they had become a much bigger enterprise and picked us up when our electric, our Electra deal fell apart. They were like, we love you guys. We're going to put all our money on you and we're going to make a record that can get played on the radio. So okay. that's where I'm getting the... It's got that here come these supercharged pop songs thing. Not that different from Flood. It's a little bit oh, schizophrenic, yeah. but there are some standout tracks that are super polished and really exciting and sonically cool. We worked with Adam Schlesinger yeah. from Fountains of Wayne, who was doing production. He was super ambitious about making it great. It just seemed like a very powerful record by our own standard. And the rest of it is about the 9 11 sure. thing. But. Yeah, that's kind of my. That's kind of where I got the sort of thought of Mink Car. Okay, but he also. I, I mean, I'm not crazy about him throwing schizophrenic out there as an adjective, but um, he, he probably wouldn't these days. It's, I think people are a little more sensitive to that kind of thing. I would. I'm, I would think Flansburg is as well. Yeah. But uh, it is a very eclectic album. That is the word I would use, and that's why. Yeah. I love it. It has those pop songs like bangs. That's my mom's favorite. They might be giant song. Yeah, bangs, I think. <laughs> my mom loves that song, and uh, it's just like it's got the pop hits. But like, you can't say were they going for a radio hit with Mister Excitement? I mean, maybe they were. Because no, like, how could you? I say- don't know. Yeah, I think just I the know. other. I don't know. It's like it's not just that. I think just the other thing. Just like my main word is like some songs are just obnoxious. Like yeah, Mister Excitement. I can get behind Mister Excitement because just you got you got to sing along with it uh, though. You can't like if I just listen to it, I'd be like I, I skip. But if you're in the car by yourself or with other people that like it, just going ah yes, <laughs> like it's so fun. It's a fun song. I don't know. I'm just like this feels too <laughs> dumb. It's just like wow. I'm saying random rap words that's crazy i think it's supposed it? to be i think it's supposed uh, to be kind of reveling in its dumbness i mean that's what i think about it but I you know so. i guess my, so but my I friend mari sure not the standard i expect from they might be giants i expect like some sort of yeah pathos yeah I like well it's just like it feels like weirdness for sure. weirdness it should have been not. a b-side honestly like, i mean i think uh yeah oh, who was i talking about this with i mean boss of me was right around this time and boss of me is on uh, the australian version um yeah, yeah all the other ones aside from the united states release so, so weird the, like right. the track list is so if they sh- had swapped out and then like the japanese version had bonus tracks had boss of me your mom's all right macgyver and the adult robot parade i oh my god adult robot parade a mink car that would have I, been amazing and just added another layer of yeah you know eccentricity to this album they should have totally. swapped out mr excitement put out like a weird ep or something you know because they had all these eps around that time uh you know put out another ep yeah. and have like the weird shit I mean, I love the weird shit, but have Mr. Excitement on that. Swap out Boss of Me, put it Boss of uh-huh. Me a track for. Man, can you imagine? Bang, Cycle Blocks, Man, it's so loud in here. Boss of Me, like, as the first four tracks? Holy shit. Here's the thing, though. I Well, I don't... 
Cyclops Rock is another track. Oh, it's one of Flans' best songs. <laughs> that and See the Constellation. I... I'm having trouble thinking. I mean, as far as his... I mean, uh, I love See the Constellation. It's... Cyclops Rock. And just like, he just keeps saying the word Cyclops <laughs> and it means nothing. But that's a trick they do where they just like drill one word in there. Like, you know, it probably, you know, Linnell was like, hey, I haven't written a song about... Uh, haircut in a while here's bangs and then oh, flans yeah. is like have we written a song about a cyclops oh, i don't think so all right uh here's yes yeah, it's, uh, it's just like even then it's just like they just say the word cyclops and the rest of it's just like chucky it's Break a fun up? word to say i don't know uh we should we should really i mean we've been talking so much about um just like the, battling the albums against each other we should probably really delve in because yeah. it's it, we're I, uh, this is gonna be a long one. That's fine, but I I do have school yeah. tomorrow, so I mean, oh, I mean, I do kind of want to. I I guess yeah. I'll just quickly say I think another first kiss is better than uh, first kiss actually. Really? Okay, um, I'm doing that episode yeah, pretty soon. I don't I'm, know. I'm doubling them up. Yep, and then. Uh, Hovering Sombrero, I didn't really like it on first listen, but now I'm like, oh, this is one of the best They Might Be Giants songs. Oh, yeah, song. that song's a major Just grower. A, a beautiful, emotional ballad about a <laughs> flying hat. It, yeah, yeah, that, that's a grower um, for sure. And then, yeah, yeah, that's like a great They Might Be Giants cover. I don't... Oh, I forgot about it. I Got a Fang. Episode number that two. One, yeah, I watched that and I was like, I mean, I like the song, <laughs> but something about the demo, just that mm-hmm. the beat, just that particular beat, I just feel like is a little stronger than the <laughs> just the, just recording. the like two measure pattern repeating forever. Boom, ba, boom, ba, ba. Yeah, I don't, sure. I don't, I don't, know. I don't mind the demo. I mean, and then hopeless, bleak, despair. That one's. That's another mm-hmm. great one. Drink, I, 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 I guess I would say it's great, but I don't know. <laughs> I just, I don't have anything against it. I just, <laughs> and then my, my man. Oh god, <sighs> my man! Come on, who doesn't love a song about a paralyzed guy? Come on, so much fun! It's so fun. I mean, <laughs> if I want to listen to a, they might be giant song about a paralyzed guy. I can listen to okay. Good to Be Alive. Fair. <laughs> uh. uh <laughs> older that one i don't know like i said older it's like i have to be in a mood to like well, older okay and since we're about to talk about two competing versions of edith head edith head what uh older version do you like better the long tall guitar saxophone one or the minkar weird medieval old instruments one uh i'd say the long tall weekend one just for okay. performance. I'd say the mink car one just because just, I'm such a dweeb and like that there are two instruments on there that have probably never been on a rock band's album ever before or since. I I mean <laughs> that it is still yeah. a good version. It's just like I I just want Flansburg to really scream that yeah. time. <laughs> God, there's some good live versions of that song. Uh so she thinks she's Edith um, Head. Uh uh, I mean, w- yeah. let's talk about the Long Tall Weekend version first, but really, they're, 
they're very similar in like you know talking about lyrical content I mean, and you know Edith Head is a person. But why don't you just yeah. go ahead outright and say which uh-huh. version you like better? As I mm-hmm. said at the top, uh, Long Tall mm-hmm. Weekend. Okay. I, oh boy, I'm I'm unsure on this because I think they're both worthy of my listening time, and it's a two and a half minute song. Um, mm, the Ming Car one is five seconds longer. It's got the the, the studio. Yeah. Channel. Yeah. That's yeah, I mean, there's a little studio chatter in both. That, it's kind of a weird thing how they had to. Uh, well, there's that ending. They edited it. Yeah. That's my. That's like one of my big criticisms of the Mink Car is like, the, you leave studio chatter in, so that it's like raw and stuff. And it's like, why would you edit? Well, studio I think chatter. They recorded they, a new just, version, so I think maybe they. I thought it was just the multi tracks from the. Um, just the long tall weekend version, but Clive and Alan, uh, Winston, Clive and Alan, they just remixed it a bit and did it. Well, let's see. I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking at the trivia on both. Okay. So let's see. Um, okay. So as far as, let's see, we'll talk about Edith head and Helen Gurley Brown, but, uh, in, so looking at the long tall weekend version, um, in 2020, Flansburg confirmed that the ending was done, quote, spontaneously by the command of Dan Miller. There already was the false ending freakout, and he just demanded another. Those were cramped conditions to work in, but it was yeah. fun doing so much of the tracking together. So, um, and then on the Minkar version, let's see. Um, You know, I... F- I feel like the yeah the, the vocals are different higher uh, he's singing in the higher octave on uh, the long tall weekend uh-huh. one um, yeah the tr- yeah on the the chrono the chronology tab it does say well it says apparently the same recording from long tall weekend with the vocals retract um, less stereo separation so the mix is different with the panning slightly longer oh. That's a, I that's was listening funny... to them back to back. I don't think I've listened. Yeah, what's it? Uh huh. No, you I mean, go on. Yeah, right? that studio stuff at the end because I was listening to try to hear a difference, and I was pretty confident that I was like, "Wow, the uh, 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 the go the like the shouting, which I guess is Miller uh, sound does sound." Uh-huh. I was like, "Man, is that the same, or did they just really recreate that?" Well. Uh, so th- the fact that the wiki uses the word apparently, uh, leaves it open to, you know, once the Johns finally concede and come on the show, I can ask them, but it's, it seems like it is yeah. not for certain. Oh man. Yeah. I guess it's never been officially confirmed, but I mean, it's like, why would you remove like Flansburg being like, okay, I mean, do we do another t- <laughs> Like, I, that it just bounces off, you know, Miller going, one yeah. more, Go! one more. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like a... Yeah. 
hearing Flansburg go like, okay, okay. <laughs> like, so weird that they edited Yeah, the that little thing where he's like, the... so should we go and listen to it? One more. <laughs> I love that. I don't know. Um, I mean, are, are you a musician at all? Other than uh, the trumpet in school? No. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, maybe I'll try and start some kind of music project. But, but so you've never been in I a studio, like, with a band. Nuts. So, because... Well, here's the uh-huh. thing. My dad has yes. a band. And he actually does have a studio down in Houston. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. Well, he's been That's in cool. a lot of bands. His current band is called vernon trumbull and his kinsman the joke being that those are all county okay names in Ohio. all right uh, it's another good dad a dad band name i need to i need you to find out this history teacher band what they're called uh but but yeah anyway back to it i, I like yeah flans going i wish they didn't trim that out flans going there so you guys you want to go listen to it because yeah when you're tracking I mean, tracking live in the studio, it's it's pretty cool to know that they did that, saying it was cramped and they were doing it together. Because something like that, like Miller just like overdubbing mm-hmm. and pretending that he's yelling for them to do another one, like it it wouldn't come. It would be hard to pull it off as authentic. While here, it, like it really does sound like they're all in a room. Um, but yeah. like, uh, being in the studio is weird in that, um, especially someone else's studio where you're paying money to do it. And you're kind of like, do we just keep pushing and just keep tracking and tracking? But I really want to go back and listen to that. Did that turn out good? You know, the engineer says it sounded good, but I want to go and listen to it. And it's just all this kind of back and forth stuff where you're running from the vocal booth to the mixing room and or whatever the studio setup may be. And you're listening and you're like, ah, I got to do another one. You run back in, you do another one. You go back and listen to it. So like Flan's saying, yeah, do you guys want to go, you know, should we see if that take was good or whatever? Like, I love that part of the chatter and then miller's just like nope he's like another one go it's just so yeah. perfect um but i'm I, i'm also realizing it, that we skipped over the demo so just like flan says yeah, the freak out I, was I, already I was, like the the false ending freak out was already there it was dan miller commanding another one so i feel like we got to drop that yeah. in because i didn't hear it till today uh-huh. had you heard it before yeah, I no. I'm gonna put this in my ear again real quick. Back in high school I knew a girl. Not too simple and not too kind. We both grew up, but I heard she changed from a new wave fan to another kind. She thinks she's Edith Head. But you might know she's not. The accent in her speech. She didn't have growing up. She thinks she's Edith Head. Or Helen Gurley Brown Or some other cultural figure We don't know a lot about Um, did you like, you like the demo? Yeah, I mean, it's a demo It's, it's uh, pretty close, though It doesn't sound as demo yeah. as something from, like, the 80s, you know Um, it, yeah, yeah. Kind of like the like damn good times demo where it's like, yep, this is just kind of like got right. the basics there, and I mean that one doesn't have the crazy rock coda. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, he hadn't let Weinkoff and Miller and, and Beller on it yet, so it's like you know, uh, you get the yeah. band behind it. It's like you, it takes you somewhere. Um. Yeah. Um. I guess back to the studio chatter. Yeah. Like there, I on the trivia for the Long Tall Weekend version, it says apparently that you can hear. Was it Linnell saying, "I ate a bug." <laughs> In the right chair. I just saw that. I was like, and, I need to go and verify this. I, I mean, apparently, it's it's at the end of the the main uh-huh. car version. I've heard it. I've heard that, but it's like it's apparently just buried there during that last freakout. And I ate a bug. I've never noticed it, even after reading that <laughs> trivia. I mean, why I ate a bug? What does this mean? Uh, it's. Uh... Or, no, yeah, Flans, why? Okay. Uh, I don't know. Maybe he just maybe he <laughs> the bug. I mean, that studio was just so cramped. He the, the possibility was heightened for him to eat a bug. Yeah, we're we're getting really into the minutia of the ending of the song. We haven't even talked about the beginning of the song or Edith Head. Do you know much yeah. about Edith Head? Yep. I mean, I've gazed over the TMBW things for mm-hmm. Edith Head, and I'm just like, okay, she made clothes, she made fashion, and costume design. Yes, right? I went as far as listening to a 17 minute podcast about it, <laughs> about her. <laughs> yeah, I just, oh. yeah, I just opened oh, up man. the podcast app and I typed in Edith Head, and this uh, podcast called Hollywood Party came on and it was very informative it was so fast paced that uh, i don't know how much i retained because like it's uh the woman who did it it was just one woman just kind of telling you all about edith head and it was done in an entertaining way like there were some jokes in there some pretty funny anecdotes and stuff like that but it was Uh so quick like her whole life crammed into 17 minutes but she sounded like a very interesting character and a bit of like maybe like an early feminist icon in a way, like just very like stood up for herself I mean, and like uh, found ways to work with these very hard actors without losing her own vision. And she seems like a very, very interesting woman. Yeah. I guess the same could be said about right. Helen Gurley Brown, just from what mm-hmm. I've skinned. Just writing. And again, fashion. Whatever that book right. is. And well, she was editor in chief for Cosmopolitan. But the, uh, yeah, the, um, uh-huh. the book, what's the name of the, uh, Sex and the Single Girl? Yeah. Uh-huh. And it's very interesting references from. <laughs> they they love doing this shit. I mean, yeah, I did that twisting episode. It's not out yet, but talking about the DBs and yeah, just the like D- they yeah. love yeah, and Flans especially. Oh, I mean, Linnell's no slouch. It just released the replacements episode. That's not a deep cut, but it is like you know a funny thing for a lot of people. I think wouldn't put those two bands together. But I mean, they love dropping. Reads yeah, a lot they of books. read a lot of books. They watch a lot of movies. They listen to a lot of records, and these things just come out. But like, she thinks she's Edith Head. What do you make of that? Like lyrically, like really get into the song. Who's a girl? Like, I, what is a girl like? You know, let's say back in high school, I knew a girl. So Flans was. It, let, let's say let's let's just pretend 
Flans is singing from his own point of view. And he actually knew a girl that wanted to be Edith Head. Uh-huh. Flans would have been in high school in the 70s. Uh, what would a 70s, you know, type, you know, high school chick be thinking uh, that, what would she be like if she wanted to be Edith Head? What does that mean? I don't know. What do you think? I just like, I mean, the fact that there's so much emphasis brought on, like, the fact that, like, some some other cultural figure we don't know a lot <laughs> about. I'm just like I was just like imagining like just sort of he's thinking like this is somebody who believes that like they they are like super mm. important in like a very unnoticed mm-hmm. way, you know, and it's just like you know if you go to the second verse. You know, he he meets her again mm-hmm. at in his hometown at Christmas. It's been years since I moved away, but at Christmas I come home and I saw her reflection in the window of a store. She was talking to herself, not too simple and not too kind. I walked on by; it was complicated and it stuck in my mind. It's very awkward. It's like he just knows that this Edith, that like she is not an Edith Head or a Helen Gurley Brown. She is just still in this home. Right. And she's she's got this affect to her voice, a fake accent. Um, Yeah. I mean, he stresses that quite a bit. That line comes up. You know, there's there's a lot of choruses in this song. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um it, yeah, not too simple and not too kind. I it, it's <laughs> That isn't So Edith had from what I was listening to, it didn't sound like she was an unkind person. Um but she didn't take shit. So I think, you know, a lot of pro- probably back in her day, people would have called her a bitch cuz she was a woman that stood up for herself and her, you know, her her artistic yeah. vision and 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 such. Um, but I think, I don't, I didn't read anything about her not being a nice person. Um, I mean, she had a failed marriage, uh-huh. but that guy, he was a drunk. Uh, so that was definitely not on her, uh, at all. But what, um, yeah. but I mean, Helen Gurley Brown, I, again, I searched for a podcast. I'm like, I don't have time to like read a book on this woman. I got Wikipedia and if there's a podcast, but there was no podcast about her was was she uh not too kind i'm, I'm trying <laughs> i mean i imagine if you're writing if you're writing a book that is empowering sure. single women uh i imagine the patriarchy is like no you can't do that no you can't just let right women be. yeah these it sounds like two you know confident assertive women uh through history they both happen to be linked to fashion but that probably, you know, got called a bitch because they were confident and, uh, you know, especially in their era. Edith Head's from earlier time period than Helen Gurley Brown. But yeah. um, still, you know, I mean, Helen Gurley Brown was born in 1922. I mean, when she was coming up, you know, growing up as a, a young woman, uh, things were not great for, <laughs> I mean, just being a woman in general has... has uh, been tough throughout the history of the world and you know i don't know i'd like to think we're working on it 
But you know, these <sighs> these two women, you know, they were definitely pushing for. Oh, I'm trying to think what in particular I heard in this podcast about. Um, oh, oh, oh! How Edith had okay, so she would essentially to to get her way with like producers. Yeah, like like higher ups at uh, the like directors and producers higher ups on these movies she would work on. She her it sounded like her technique uh-huh. was uh, uh, to confuse the men <laughs> in in charge of these things, just like spin some tale about what she was planning or what she was doing to just kind of confuse them until they're just like, yeah, okay, just go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> pretty pretty badass just like re- good old filibuster. right exactly rather than being like well i think maybe you know could i please try this she would just be like well i'm gonna do this and this and you know then and then we use this fabric or this style or whatever and they're just like uh-huh just smile and nod okay go ahead edith do your thing <laughs> and i thought that was pretty cool i'm like that yeah that uh that works just you know go the artist direction be like I'm a uh, confusing, you know, I'm a weirdo artist type. You couldn't possibly understand me, and I will just confuse you until you just let me go do my thing. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess we haven't talked about the differences in the vocal Sure. Yeah, the that's, high and the low. Again, what, that's, uh, that's the other thing I don't like about okay. the Mink Car version. I just think it's it's very strange to that – they went for that Flansburg went for very deep voice. I I don't get the rationale behind uh behind that. I think she's Edith Head or Helen Gurley Brown or some other cultural figure. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I think like typically in a rock band, as a song gets, like, older for you, like, you've been playing it a lot, typically you'll try to ramp up the intensity, not not peel it back down, which is exactly what he does. But it's, it's almost like a different rock technique. So he's, like, shouting high in his register on the Long Tall Weekend one. But then on the main uh-huh. car one, it's, it's, it might come across as that he's not rocking as hard... But it almost to me is kind of like he's being like the cool guy swagger rock mode instead of the yelling guy rock mode. And I can get behind both. I, you know, I can understand why people wouldn't like, especially if you heard the Long Tall Weekend version first. Which one did you hear first? Yeah. Really? Long Tall Weekend. I mean, I... I didn't have to deal with that. Yeah, because I didn't download it at the time, so just I, streaming. I basically right? just went through. You know, oh, did you go when you first uh, yeah, go chronological I just order? Went through there. Uh, yeah. yeah okay, basically. so you heard Long Tall first. Yeah, hearing that high energetic vocal and then this cool guy vocal on the Ming Car one, I could see that being jarring. Yeah. yeah. The interesting thing, so like, the this might be a wiki. They actually archived some of the you know, TMBG unlimited album mm-hmm. descriptions. And if you go to the, if you go to the one for the one that Edith, she thinks she's Edith heads mink car version was originally unveiled on. Um, it says after recording this with a high pitched angst drenched vocal, 
we tried it again with this more subdued and creepy approach. So <laughs> creepy, yeah. <laughs> I, creepy. That's. I guess it is kind of creepy, but it's like, why would you go with creepy? <laughs> uh, the the. It's like the Edith, the Edith head woman supposed to be creepy. You're not the creepy person yeah, in this situation. Yeah. People may have been creeped out by Edith's uh, lack of front teeth. She, yeah, had some, I can't remember exactly the details, but she, she rarely, she did get her teeth fixed eventually, but she almost never smiled with her lips, you know, with, with her teeth showing because she just grew up or whenever that happened, I can't remember the details, uh, just learned to not show her teeth. And, uh, yeah, so that is pretty weird. That's, that would freak people uh, out. Yeah, I really got to... Especially in Hollywood. Really got to look at this. Uh, really gotta yeah, look Hollywood party. Podcast. It seemed, like, pretty interesting. I, I, I sent it to my mom. My mom, uh, when she retired from, like, her job job, she went back and got an uh, associate's degree in fashion design because she'd always sewn and stuff like that, which is awesome. Uh, and so I knew she'd be into it. I'm like, I'm doing Edith Head. I'm doing... <laughs> Edith head tonight and she's like oh that's so cool i'm like i found this podcast and uh she listened to it like immediately she's like that's pretty good but the woman talks mm-hmm. so fast uh, okay i'm looking at so june june 2001 was where the mink car version yeah. came out uh before mink car which was september um yep. yeah greetings to all yeah okay Hmm. Yeah, the, and and this was McSweeney's too. This this song has popped up on a lot of different releases. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, you know, I wanted to talk about musically this song. Um, I went onto the wiki and I fixed the guitar tab uh, because it was slightly wrong. Uh-huh. Uh, first of all, it had it in the wrong key, which is just I don't understand how that happens. The song is in F. And it's only got two chords, okay? Now, it said F major. The song is actually in F minor. But it's a very a very easy mistake to make because there's only two chords. And when you're only playing the uh-huh. one chord and the four chord, the F and the B flat, and you're playing them as power chords, you're not playing, they're not major or minor. It's just root fifth octave. Uh, they don't give away the key at all, but the tab, the dun da da dun da da dun da da dun, was written incorrectly with a note a fret too high, making it major. So the person that put F, f major, but the dun da da dun da da dun da da dun, uh, is yeah. So they had one. It's one one four six six four one one four six. It's a very easy little thing to play on one string. Um, I mean, hell, it's like you could learn it with on guitar right along with Smoke on the Water. Be like, here's, I'm going to teach you this name of a giant song. Dun, da, da, dun, da, da, dun, da, da, dun. Like it's, 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 it's yeah, crushingly I, simple to play, but they had one of the notes wrong, which made it sound happy. <laughs> and it just sounded like I sat down and I'm like, wait. There, well, first of all, there was a de- there was a debate on the wiki about whether it was an E or an F. Someone tabbed out an E, and then the second person, so it's like dash dash dash, and then it says, "Actually, I think the song is an F." And then someone tabs it out an F. So I sat down and played it. I'm like, "It is an F." So I went into the wiki and just deleted the whole first one. Sorry, whoever that was. I just deleted your entire tab. 
because it's in the wrong key. But then the Oops. person that put in an F had this one note wrong in the riff, which you'd be like, well, one note, what does that matter? That's the note that is the dropped note that tells you it's minor and not major. And it drastically changes the tone of the song. Um, and uh, so the music is like brain numbingly simple and it started annoying me more it annoyed me more as i picked up the guitar to figure it out because then i i hadn't even played it through once and i was already sick of it (laughs) like god damn this song is boring from every instrument's perspective i mean maybe I think Weinkoff has the most fun with it because he gets to put on the distortion. You know, he's got a fuzz pedal go just like, and you know, it gets a little feature yeah. there too when the bass kind of brings it back in. I mean, it's that it's that that freak out kind of really elevates the song from. Oh horn. yeah, um, you know, hold on, I'm gonna grab my guitar off the wall. You got to hear what it sounds like, major, because it'll just like hurt your head. Okay. God, I wish I understood most of that terminology. More evident, maybe more reason I should uh, major in music if I ever decide to go back to college. Oh, yeah, I think you're required to buy an acoustic guitar when you go to college. Uh, yeah. I mean, I have one. I've just oh, never okay. touched it. <laughs> so, um... Yeah, so let me see the way... Let me make sure I'm playing it the way that they... I'm trying to remember the way they had it tapped. I only need three strings in tune because it's power chords. <laughs> yeah. So they had it as... Yeah, okay, so they had... Uh, that sounds like like something from the monkeys or something yeah like that that note she's a good teaser so it's supposed to be it's supposed to be so that note there not not that note this note, you want an A flat, not an A. F, A flat, B flat. Yep. Now if I switch, <laughs> all of a sudden it sounds all sunny and happy. So it's an F minor, which is a cool rock key to play in. But like tabbing it out, it basically just like, here's the words and the words repeat a lot. Uh, so it's just yeah, it's <laughs> back in high school, yeah. I knew a girl, and then Linnell is just ping, ping, ping on the F. Yeah. Yeah. I could play this whole song just by myself. I could be both Johns and play it. It's that easy. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, it's like uh. I, I like the I love the lyrics. But the song as a whole, especially for one that's been on two albums, I'm like, uh, this song barely yeah. deserves to be on it's... one album. Frankly, I think the lyrics are great, and I liked learning about Edith Head and Helen Gurley Brown. 
I think Flan should write another verse and have put it with some better music. I mean, the freak out, like you said, does it makes the song. Um, yeah. And yeah, without it, personally, I'd, I'd barely listen to it because it's just worth it to make it to the end. Um, and, yeah. I mean, I don't hate the song. And, uh, you know, it's on Mink Car, which I love. It's on Long Tall Weekend, which I'm, eh. Um, but it, it, I, I can't decide which vocal version I like better. I know you are very strong. I think they strongly for the high vocals. I think they both have their merits. Yeah. But so vocally and lyrically, I dig it, either high or low. Musically, it sounds like, you know, a bunch of old white guys playing a blues song. It's old, old man, old white man blues. Old black man blues. That's that's the good yeah. stuff. Old white guy blues at like the county fair is like this music. Like the lyrics are very they might be giants. But if you put like stupider yeah. like typically like, hey, I heard a couple blues songs, now I'm gonna write one, it would be the shittiest song. The lyrics and the ending make it. The majority of the music of the song bores me to yeah. death. Uh, I mean, I feel like the song is compact enough that that's not too much of an issue. Yeah, it, it's really a two-minute song, I mean, and then an ending that is is good. So, yeah, yeah, it's kind of interesting how my opinion has fluctuated because you know I listen to the discography in chronological order, and so I mean I was like, oh, this is a pretty good song, but you know, once I started getting more through the they might be giants discography i was like it's actually not that great <laughs> and yet you still picked it you sent me this flurry of messages it's, on patreon going back and forth on which one you wanted to pick and and yeah down, and you landed yeah, on this I one know. it was very embarrassing <laughs> they had to... nonsense it's fine uh it's it's yeah. i mean obviously we've been talking for a very long time already we haven't even gotten to the live versions or the cover versions. Uh, but it, it is yeah. a song that there's a lot to talk about. I mean, for being a two minute song with two chords, you know, there's a lot there. Yeah. And I, I'm just realizing clicking between the, the tabs I have open that we didn't even read the uh, summer 99 info club newsletter on the, the wiki here. Oh yeah. yeah, that's right. You want to read it or you want me to read it? <laughs> okay. I'll read it. Uh, this track is the story of a new wave fan who loses her mind and comes to believe she is the famous Hollywood fashion designer. The accent in her speech she didn't have growing up. This so the song is already a featured staple of the Giants new show. This recording has a driving guitar performance by Dan Miller. Look for his number to appear on the next They Might Be Giants mm -hmm. CD. Yeah, it's it's a you know, it's a good guitar feature song. But playing it on guitar yeah is boring i guess if i were playing it louder yeah. with a full rock band behind me maybe it would be more fun oh and yeah. the kind of like crash landing that it has is pretty pretty must um, be fun to do on stage um i mean i need to double check this but i swear like on on the wiki ratings like i think underwater woman is underneath edith head and it's like why is it why is underwater woman Oh wait, it's above, it's above, but it's like in the same range, and I'm like, why is Underwater Woman this low? <laughs> I love wait, that. Wait, yeah, Mink Car, <clears throat> Edith Head is at six fifty nine, 
that is very low. And then uh, oh, wait, they're both weekend at... is 619. Wait, hold on. Am I looking at the wrong one? Okay, hold on. So they are ranked differently, the parentheses and the non-parentheses. Yeah, yeah okay. So they're both pretty low. So I guess, wow. So the long tail weight conversion is slightly more liked, but still very low. I mean, uh-huh. for something on the wiki to have under an eight, <laughs> the scores go are very high on the wiki. To have under an eight means yeah. it's terrible. No, I mean it's just, the wiki skews very high. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Man, what can I say? I don't know. Well, let's see if these live versions uh, change my mind. October 23rd, 99, Bowery Ballroom, New York, New York. Back in high school, I knew a girl, not too simple and not too kind. We both grew up, but I heard she changed from a new wave fan to another kind. She thinks she's Edith Head, but you might know she's not. The accent in her speech, she didn't have going on. She thinks she's Edith funny hearing it all going down the middle because the panning on the two the panning on the two studio versions it's so funny having the vocals completely on one side in one ear and the drums completely in one ear it's very it's a very 60s 60s move totally i guess rather it's when they would take 60s songs and then try to make them stereo but but they just had the drums all in one track, so they just throw Ringo over into the left channel. <laughs> gotta gotta blow people's minds with that stereophonic Stereos. Yeah, fidelity. Stereos. Oh my god, it's in another speaker. Yeah. It's very jarring if you're like... I remember being in... God, yeah, when I went to the... Bay Area and went to Berkeley, uh, the Amoeba Music there, which is like a holy grail of record stores, all those Amoebas. And I'm surprised they were playing something as basic as the Beatles, but it was like, I don't know what, what song it was, something off Let It Be or something. And the speakers in the store, they weren't like nicely installed, like ceiling speakers. It was just two really big stereo speakers that were like, a hundred feet apart. So like if you were shopping over in like the rock section letter A, like all you heard was drums and bass. <laughs> like you know, and then like McCartney's singing was way over on the other side of the store. <laughs> it was very bizarre. Oh my god. The song has yeah. been performed a a lot well, seventy two known performances? That doesn't seem like enough. Okay. Well, anyway, 72 live performances. This one at the House of Blues uh, somewhere. I don't know where, but it's a different show. I watched Uh, that one. First of all, the banter at the beginning, like usual, is great. You know, we can't say we actually feel comfortable in Los Angeles because we don't. But um, uh, the one thing that it has in common with New York City is that everybody here looks more like they're in a band than us. And that makes us feel... 
really wonderful inside. So welcome to the show. Here's a brand new song off our brand new MP3 release, Long Tall Weekend. This song is called She Thinks She's Edith Head. I mean, Freak Out is good as always, but uh, it's kind of weird having it at a slightly slower a tempo. Slower. God, I love Flans. Uh, Flans of this era, though. I love Flans, uh, the Minkar era Flans. He's still clean-shaven. He's still rocking the, the buttoned-up plaid shirts. You know, he hasn't gone to the sport jacket yet. <laughs> I, I disagree. Oh. I don't... I think, like, Flans between, like... Between factory showroom and uh, I guess whenever he grew a beard, I'm just I, I don't <laughs> like it. I feel like the beard. I feel like the beard. The beard has um, made him look a little less uh, shaved off some of the years. I, I like the beard, even though the made beard is like uh, salt and pepper. A little salt, salt and pepper. It's yeah. it's a solid beard. I like the I beard. Mean, we actually just talked about this on the art episode a, that hasn't come out yet. His beard has come up in <laughs> rapid succession for me. <laughs> wow. I I mean, I don't know. It's kind of like my dad. <laughs> there was a whole debate when he grew uh-huh. his beard out. Like, some of my family was like, no, he doesn't look good. And it's like, he looks better and way younger than when he I think what I like about it is that beard. Flans it's yeah like he's still um acting and dressing like he did when he was a young man uh and here you know yeah. here they they're approaching their uh 20 wait let's see if this was 20, okay so 482 I mean they they've been a band for a really long fucking time by 99 even by 99 mm-hmm. and they, they and they're about yeah they were about to hit their 20th anniversary as a band and as of us talking yeah. next year they'll hit their 40th anniversary as a band but he's still rocking that same the same outfits that That's he was wild. like in the Apollo promos and the Lincoln promos like the button up yeah. plaid shirts and the I, I like that he's playing a Gibson I'm more of a Fender guy myself but he's totally like Fender now he does the Fender Telecaster here it was that short period where he was the few years where he was playing a Les Paul because he he went from the early days having all those bizarre guitars, which obviously those are the best. The mojo, the mojo chessmaster, uh, yeah, chess yeah, and the other like Bo Diddley guitar, the rectangular one. Um, but I guess yeah. they're awkward and uh, probably heavier. Um, I don't know. Les, yeah. Les Pauls are pretty heavy, um, but yeah, he's been doing the Telecaster for a while. That's his thing. That mint green Telecaster. But seeing him in this era, the Les Paul. The uh, I like uh, some of my favorite glasses that he's ever had. That those frames, <laughs> uh, and Linnell just looks the same as he always does. <laughs> so just wearing yep. a t-shirt over here. <laughs> oh, Linnell. Uh, so then the other live version. Yeah, there weren't that many. The uh, the most modern one. Yeah, that those. Yep, and this is uploaded clips. by Mr. Johnny Ulis, who sent us the demo. Yeah, 
just the thing I find interesting about it is just kind of like the thing with Flansburg's voice over the years is that he he definitely sings a lot softer than he yeah. used to. He does not. And I mean, that kind of translates to the songs that he writes on a lot of the albums. There's nothing that goes hard like, you know, she thinks she's Edith Head or like see the constellation. I, I would really like Flansburg to write something that, you know, songs that just just rock mm. like that. But a lot of his songs, a lot of his more recent songs are like ballads. I mean, I guess there's insult to the fact checkers and uh, uh, say nice things about Detroit. But I, I don't know. Those aren't really the, those don't have the same kind of energy. Mm-hmm. As like see the constellation, or she thinks she's either head. Yeah, that that live version, and I just finished it, and it cuts off before any, I think any big. The it's it's a very limited. Damn it, John! No, he'll be listening to this. I can't besmirch him too poorly. No, it's he uploads a lot of very yeah. high quality videos, and the I love when Flans gets like the guitar right up on him. Um, but it's mm-hmm. it sounds boring. It's very boring to me. Like it's very kind of chill and not in the mink car like kind of creepy rocker voice way like we talked about. Like I like the yell I like the high yeah. yelling version. I like the low creepy version, but this is just something else. This is just like phoned in version. I don't know. I mean Miller goes for it at the solo at the end. But other than that, yeah. It's just like, eh. Marty has some cool fills at the end, but it's just it did not it reinforced my thoughts that uh, the song's kind of boring. I, I think the lyrics are cool, but have been kind of wasted on a pretty simple, a too simple uh, song. I don't know. I don't know. Should we hear some covers? I guess so. Back in high school, I knew a girl. Not too simple and not too kind We both grew up But I heard she's changed From a new wave fan to another kind She thinks she's Edith Head But you might know she's not The accent in her speech She didn't have growing up she thinks Yeah, so this Art Garcia guy He recorded a cover on this Mink Car There's this whole Mink Car tribute There's all these fan tributes going around now um, which is awesome. Yeah, I I know about. The yeah, this was like one. one of the first that like a whole album. It was the tenth anniversary of Mint Car, and we're this year's the twentieth. Yeah. So a decade ago, this R Garcia did. Uh, yeah, she thinks she's Edith Head for this comp. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, this is a good cut. right. The 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 yeah, the fake out like he really does go. I mean, that's a good opportunity to be like, if I were to have a freak out at the end, this is what we would do. And it goes into some crazy yeah. synth thing, right? But then let's watch this guy play alive. Same dude. 
He's playing a pretty pretty sick uh, jazz master there that looks like my friends. Um, it looks like it's just him and a drummer. Uh, R. Garcia, she thinks she's Edith Head. This is from 2013, so he was on this comp in 2011, and he was just still rocking it at his live shows in, uh, two years later. <clears throat> so the YouTube channel is who, the, the YouTube channel this is on is who dat crunk one. Oh my god, yep, that drummer's going ham. He's uh, going bonkers. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's it's amazing. Yes, <laughs> another great cover. Man, Mark Garcia. He's just hitting it out of the park on and this so song. And so it's the same guy twice, but it's not at all alike. I mean, this is just like some yeah. like insane White Stripes version with just the duo. But then the studio one, he had he done before that, and it was all synthy and stuff. So this guy really likes this song. He's yeah. in two very different verses of it. Yeah, he is certainly uh, Now we're going to listen own. to some kid... Uh, drum on the floor of his kitchen while singing it. So this, uh, <laughs> this oh there aren't many covers of this song. It's one guy twice and then a kid. So on the YouTube channel, Brett Figura, and this is also a decade old. So this kid, Andrew just turned five. He's currently 15. But in this video, he's five. He starts regular weekly drum lessons this Saturday. He's a longtime fan of They Might Be Giants. And lately, he's been rocking to She Thinks She's Edith Head. You've got to check this out. It is uh, pretty incredible. He's doing flams. He's doing accents with both the right and left hand. He's got good technique, good wrist action. And he's singing while he's playing. Yeah. He's doing the freak out while the other kid's trying to get in front of the camera and steal the show. And then he says, he says very cutely, one more, and then he plays it again. One more. This kid rules. I want to know what he's up to. Yeah. Oh, comments are turned off. Damn, I totally would have left a comment like, where's Andrew now? Is Does he have a band? So then the one more thing we have to listen to is a mashup. This person, uh, let's see. Yep, both versions. Miscellaneous Billy McChucks is the YouTube channel. (laughs) 
We got some good ones today. Uh, yep. Miscellaneous Billy McChucks yeah. on YouTube. She thinks she's Edith Head squared. It has the tiny number two there. <laughs> I tried combining the long, tall weekend and minkar versions of She Thinks She's Edith Head. Hope this sounds all right. I try my best to make it sound decent, but I'm no audio engineer. So, without further ado, let's see. Let's hear this. Back in high school, I knew a girl. Not too simple and not too I guess this is technically a harmony. Yep, it's just both of them on top of each other. It's... It also kind of reinforces my thoughts that there was more retract than just the vocals because if it was just the same song with new vocals, you wouldn't have anything to lay on top of each other. It would just be the same song with two with two Flames vocals. You know what I mean? Like you can't mash up the same song on top of each other because it's just the same song. So it's just vocals, but like the guitars. See, like there's a strumming guitar, you know, you got like the riff guitar, but then you got a strumming guitar that kind of uh, seems kind of off when you have the two on top of each other. So that seems like something that maybe was in the long, tall version, but not the Mink Car version. Um, the freak out, I think the freak out of Mink Car has more of that kind of thing. Um, it just makes me notice the differences. But I also like, because they both have extreme panning. For some reason, the panning on Flan's vocals on uh, Long Tall Weekend, his vocals were in the left channel. And on Minkar's vocals were in the right channel. So when you put them together, it's stereo Flan singing at you in an octave. Which is kind of fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's uh, interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Why not? Yep. Uh, yeah, we didn't have any covers, so I figured I'd throw that in there. I think it is time to score the song after this long while. We've been going All our right. ways here. So, yep. what are you scoring it? Uh, and I think we'll just take it as um, a whole as one. Let's just say, you know, it's grouped together on the wiki. She thinks she's Edith Head. If you would like to say that your score is for the Long Tall Weekend version, that's fine, but I think just the song as a whole uh, can kind of stand as one thing. Yeah. Um. I yeah. I'll just do one thing because I mean, really not that different in the end. Uh, I guess she thinks she's Edith Head is like a six, six and a half. I guess I'll just saddle with okay. six and a half, just because it's a it's a pretty good song, but it's. The They Might Be Giants discography is massive and it's filled with a lot of great songs. So this just doesn't cut yeah. it sometimes. Yeah. yeah, I, uh, you know, we talked a lot about, I mean, I feel like half the episode was talking about Mink Car versus Long Tall Weekend. And that's fine. I haven't had that many Long Tall songs to really have this debate. And, you know, it's only older in this one that have direct competition on the other albums. But. Um, and uh-huh. I, uh, it's tough cause I really like the lyrics. Um, but I really just am bored by the music. I mean, I got nothing against a good guitar riff, 
but there needs to be like a chorus. This song, like it has a well, it has a lyrically, it has a chorus, but the music just does the same thing yeah. over and over. It needs. Like to go to the C, it needs to go to the C chord. There needs to be, it needs a third chord. And as a guy that grew up on punk rock, it's weird to say that, but like, you know, Jonathan Richmond and the Modern Lovers pulled off, you know, a two chord song with Roadrunner, but even they put the third chord just right at the end. They throw that third chord at you. This one, it never has that strong cadence because it never does the five chord. It just goes one, four, one, four, one, four, the whole way through it never like has that true that full build and then release it's just kind of just going around and around on the same thing for two and it makes two minutes seem like an eternity i think uh i think i despise this song no i'm kidding this song's it's fine i I don't know maybe i just don't feel that way because you know I didn't try to correct the tabs on the wiki. <laughs> well, I mean, I've 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 cracked the case on a couple of songs with really weird like modes and stuff, but the difference between F major and F minor is pretty it's that's a pretty big distinction, especially when western music yeah. pretty much only uses F major and F minor. You probably should have the right one on there. Um, but it's an honest mistake like I said, cuz it's only got two chords. It doesn't tell you both both those chords yeah. would be in F major or F minor, because uh, uh, yeah, the song doesn't give you much to go on. It's just two chords. There's not a whole lot to sink your teeth into. I'm giving. Oh boy, what am yeah. I giving this song? I think. Oh, it is better than Minneapolis First Avenue Stage, but not by a lot. I'm good. <laughs> that song's only forty five seconds. I'm gonna give it a five. Point nine. I barely go in the fives, but I think, God, I think Edith Head and Helen Gurley Brown deserve better than this song. Honestly, they seem like two pretty, pretty cool ladies uh, that did their thing back in a time when ladies doing their thing was frowned upon. Uh, so yeah. they seem very cool. This song, uh, it's, it's white guys in their forties doing some sort of blues riff and it just doesn't do it for me. <laughs> so yeah, that's my okay. thoughts. Uh, you got anything you want to plug? I mean, do you want follow yeah. me on Twitter at Kathy the stupid <laughs> great handle. Speaking of which, people can find This Might Be a Pod on Twitter at This Might Be a Pod. Email me. What do you think about She Thinks She's Edith Head? Does it actually rule? Probably not, but you could try to convince us. Uh, this Might Be a Pod at Gmail or 224-801-2930. Play me that riff over the phone in a way that convinces me that it's good. Um, yeah, and uh, go to the Patreon if you like the stuff patreon.com slash this might be podcast uh kathy here is supporting the podcast and is awesome and i've got magnets coming to you very soon and two new pins uh i've got them all packed up kathy i just need to i've i'm deciding to get organized and actually bought bought labels and got y'all addresses on a spreadsheet so that when i have to send out new shit i don't have to handwrite everything thanks (laughs) for being on that was a long uh that was a long tall episode <laughs> yeah she lost my